Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. A few years ago, my wife became convicted about her need to express more gratitude. Now, she came to that conclusion because she had slipped into, at least from her perspective, a sense of entitlement that emerged out of the ministry leadership role that she has and the accolades and deferential treatment that people were demonstrating toward her and toward us because I was the president of a seminary. My wife felt pretty strongly about this, so much so that she felt like it was impacting her spiritual commitments and her spiritual life in a negative way. And she even felt that it bordered up on the edge of arrogance and pride and became something that really was a stumbling block in her relationship with God and others. Now, frankly, (laughs) I, I live with this woman and I didn't quite see it as being that big of a problem. I've jokingly said my wife hasn't sinned since 1983. I mean, she is one of the most transparent, uh, guileless, honest women of integrity that I could ever imagine knowing. But nevertheless, she felt convicted about this issue and went to work on it. So she started uh, studying the concept of gratitude in the Bible, and then reading some additional books and resources about the practice of being thankful. Now, when she started on this quest, I watched it somewhat casually because, as I've just mentioned, I really didn't see it as big, as being a big of a problem as she did. But as she started on this path of growing herself spiritually in these areas, I naturally Uh, observed the changes and became somewhat fascinated by what she was learning and by what she was demonstrating. So much so that I started thinking about these things for myself, maybe not at the depth that she has worked on them, but certainly thinking about them from the perspective of leadership and the power of developing gratitude as a spiritual discipline for leaders. So I want to talk to you today in this Thanksgiving week about gratitude for leaders and about the importance of developing um, a lifestyle of expressing thanks and thanksgiving and and how that impacts us as leaders and the impact it has on the people around us that we lead and even the impact it has on our organizations and the perspective that we have on them and they have on others. I've observed that gratitude has two primary expressions. First of all, we express gratitude to God. We thank him for what he has done in our lives. The second expression of gratitude is directed toward other people, where we express thanks to another person uh, or to persons 
for things they have done in our lives or things they have meant to us over time or other contributions they've made to our well-being. So when I speak of expressing gratitude, I'm talking about giving thanks to God and giving thanks to others as a spiritual discipline in our lives. Now, while all of us would recognize that these, this discipline and these practices are good for all believers, why are they particularly important for leaders? Why is it that leaders need to practice gratitude to God and gratitude to others? And when they do this, what is the practical benefit of practicing gratitude in the life of a leader? Well, Here's maybe four different ways to think about that. First, expressing gratitude fosters humility among leaders. How so? Well, when you express gratitude to God for what he's done for you or gratitude to other people for what they have done for you, it elevates God and it elevates others, and it diminishes you in sight or in light of both God and others. It fosters humility. In other words, rather than you promoting yourself as the end-all be-all, expressing gratitude to God acknowledges that he is over you, that he is your sustainer, your provider, the one who makes your life possible. And when you express gratitude to others, you are admitting that you don't have it all together, that you need the contributions that other people can make to you, and that you are in essence placing yourself in a submissive role to other people because you're recognizing that they have something you don't have and they've offered something into your life that you needed or could not even function without. And because of that, it fosters humility in your life. You know, the Bible speaks strongly about the need to develop humility. I've taught you this on a different podcast, but the one another's of the New Testament are very significant. You could build an entire Bible study or sermon series on the one another's of the New Testament. Phrases like love one another, be kind to one another, be patient with one another, forgive one another. But do you know the Bible never says humble one another? But the Bible does say humble yourself. Humble yourself. So that begs the question, how do we humble ourselves? How do we humble ourselves in fulfillment of this biblical mandate or directive? What can we do that says, I'm taking this action, believing that it will produce humility in my life? Well, I'm giving you at least one answer right now. Express gratitude. It fosters humility. Every time you say thank you to God, it exalts him and lowers you. Every time you say thankful to another person for something they've contributed to your life, it elevates them and in a sense diminishes 
you. Now, this practice of expressing gratitude is not the only way to foster humility, but it's one very good way. So, the first way that gratitude uh, produces a positive effect or a positive outcome in the lives of leaders is that it fosters humility. The second thing it does for us is that uh, it does something that comes out of my wife's testimony at the beginning of the podcast. Gratitude for leaders also confronts entitlement. Entitlement. Entitlement is such a subtle temptation for leaders. Entitlement comes because of our positions and the deference and respect often associated with them. We come to expect certain treatment because of who we are or the position we hold. That's entitlement. When you come to expect something, and frankly, you're a little offended when you don't get it. When you come to expect something that comes with a position that you, that you occupy, you have fallen into this trap of entitlement. And brothers and sisters, listen, this is a temptation for every leader. We think we deserve respect. Recently, I was invited to speak at a program, and I was told that I would have about 40 minutes to speak. But there was a hard ending to the session because there were breakout sessions led by about 20 other speakers to be right after the session in which I was speaking. And the announcements went on and on, and the music went on and on, and the distractions and the transitions and the other time eaters in a service plan just sucked up the preaching time. So my 40 minutes turned into about 18. And at first, as I sat there watching this happen and reshaping my sermon in my mind to fit the available time, I was offended because I'm entitled I mean, they, were, they promised me 40 minutes. I'm the president. I'm the keynote speaker. I'm entitled to the time they promised me. And while I was thinking that way, the conviction of the Holy Spirit settled in my soul, and I was reminded, Jeff, you're not entitled. You don't deserve any opportunity to speak ever. And if I want you to have 18 minutes, you'll take 18. And so rather than sitting there stewing in my anger, I found myself praying and saying, God, thank you for letting me speak to this group today. Lord, thank you for giving me any time at all to speak out on your behalf. Lord, thank you that they would even think of me and invite me to speak in this context. Lord, I don't deserve respect. You have given me gracious favor instead. And so gratitude 
helped confront the entitlement I felt of receiving respect. Leaders also sometimes think they deserve accolades or compensation. We think, well, someone should have noticed. Someone should have thanked me. Someone should have put my name up on the marquee. Someone should have published my name and pronounced it correctly when I was introduced. And when I finished speaking, someone should hand me a check. Someone should pay my expenses. Someone should show how important I am by how much they're willing to sacrifice to show me honor. Entitlement, entitlement, entitlement. Leaders thinking that they deserve accolades, compensation. Sometimes this entitlement problem shows up in even practical ways like deserving of certain perks. Like, I'm important. I should have a reserved parking place right down front. I'm important. I should have uh, specialized seating near the front. A couple of years ago, my wife was the national chairwoman of the Southern Baptist Minister's Wives Luncheon at the annual meeting. About 1,800 women came to that luncheon. Everyone was at a reserved table, and that's quite a feat, making sure that everyone is registered and assigned to a certain seating place. (laughs) A couple of weeks before the event, a woman called our office and said to my wife, I can't believe the table where you assigned me. She said, I've been coming to this meeting for 20 years, and this is the worst table I've ever been assigned. And my wife told me later, what I wish I had said was, well, you know, after 20 years of having a good table, maybe it's your turn to take a lesser table. But my wife, being the kind person that she is, gave a more... uh, Reasonable answer which helped to diffuse the situation. But that person who called, what a sense of entitlement. I'm important. I've been doing this a long time. I deserve to be seated at the head table or at a prominent table or in a place where I'll be noticed. You see, all of these things I'm talking about today are evidence of entitlement. You think you deserve to be respected, to get certain accolades or compensation or perks. You're like frustrated. You're like me. You're frustrated when you don't get all your speaking time or no one congratulated you on a well job well done or handed you the appropriate check when you finished doing your ministry or made sure you had a special place to park or special seating at the event. Listen, all of these things are evidence that you have succumbed to the temptation of entitlement. You believe that certain things come with your position or with the prestige you've earned by your performance. What cures that? Gratitude. Gratitude. If you develop the discipline of thanking God and others, you'll Eliminate entitlement as your perspective. I illustrated it already about my response in the speaking engagement. 
But when you're not offered the appropriate accolades or compensation, rather than grousing about that in your sense of entitlement, you instead say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that I was even invited to speak. And thank you that I was able to speak. And thank you that I'm going to get eternal rewards for everything I've ever done. And thank you that you'll make sure that I get whatever I need in some means to take care of all the family and personal obligations I have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And like my uh, friend, the woman who called and said those things to my wife, if she were practicing a sense of gratitude, she might pray something like this. Lord, thank you that I've been able to go to the minister's wives luncheon for 20 years. And thank you that I've been able to serve you faithfully all this time. And thank you, Lord, that as I get older, I can slip over to a side table and be in the shadows and let these younger women be up front where they need the encouragement and the recognition and the, and the support that comes from being in this particular meeting. Lord, thank you that I've had my moment and now it's my turn to cheer on others. That's what gratitude does for you. Gratitude changes your perspective, confronts entitlement, and minimizes it or maybe even eliminates it in your life. Well, here's a third way that practicing gratitude to God and others as a spiritual discipline helps you as a leader, and that is it builds teamwork and loyalty from the people you work with every day. People want to work with leaders who share the success. When an organization is successful and a leader says, look what I did, the people around him or her, they notice. But when that same leader says, look what we did, they also notice. And that shift of perspective Look what I accomplished. Look what we accomplished. Goes a long way toward building teamwork and loyalty. Being able to express your gratitude for people who've helped make your organization successful and indirectly make you successful is a tremendous way to build teamwork and loyalty. When you point out the successes of others, when you attribute the success to the people who actually did the work, when you give accolades, rewards, recognitions, plaques, small checks, other ways of saying thank you to people in your organization that elevates their work, it creates greater loyalty and teamwork. You know what I've noticed? I've noticed that people will even defend leaders who elevate their role and who value what they do and express that kind of gratitude to them on a consistent basis. So expressing gratitude has these practical results in the lives of leaders, fosters humility, confronts entitlement, and builds teamwork and loyalty. But there's one more. Practicing gratitude to God and others also produces contentment. Contentment is one of those elusive qualities for many leaders. Now, partly it's because leaders are ambitious. That's a good thing. We are ambitious change agents. We are always wanting things to be better. 
So because of that, we're always striving, always striving, always pushing, always prodding, always conniving, always scheming, always strategizing, always trying to figure out how can we do more. And because of that, it's easy to lose the balance of being settled where you are and having contentment in the moment. It's hard to practice this, what I'll call relaxed tension, where you are both pressing constantly forward while contentedly relaxed in the moment. Man, that's hard to do. But one of the things that helps me maintain that tension is practicing gratitude. So that while I am by nature and uh, by temperament, a person who's always striving to get ahead, striving to promote my organization, striving to do more with less, striving to achieve, while I'm always doing that as an expression of my leadership ambitions, what gives me that balance is at the same time I'm pressing so fervently, I'm also saying thank you. I'm saying thank you to God, and I'm saying thank you to others. And reminding myself by those acts of gratitude that while I'm always striving for more, I can, in the same context, be content that God is taking care of me, supplying me, protecting me, and using me. And that at whatever level achievement I've come to in the moment, I can also be content. So gratitude has two primary expressions, gratitude to God and gratitude to others. Gratitude has the following impact on leaders. As we practice expressing thanks to God and others, it fosters humility in our lives, confronts entitlement, builds teamwork and loyalty, and produces contentment. These are really good results from practicing the spiritual discipline of gratitude. Now, how can you best express gratitude? Well, you can first of all do so by thanking God. And you can thank God in two different ways. First of all, thank God in prayer for various aspects of your life and leadership. Thank God for calling you into leadership responsibility. Thank God for placing you in the particular role or responsibility that you've been given. Thank God for using you in the moment to accomplish his purpose. Thank God for the way he compensates you or takes care of you in the context of pursuing his call and being obedient to him. Thank you for every blessing he has bestowed in your life and what that means to you. So thank God by praying to him and expressing your thanks to him. Another way, though, that you give thanks to God is by thanking God publicly and attributing the success you're achieving or the accomplishments you have done to God. 
so that you say things like, I thank God for giving me the opportunity to be here and do this with you today. I thank God for his sustaining grace to get us through to the point of achieving this goal in our church or in our ministry organization. So as you express thanks to God, you do it directly to him in prayer, but you also do it when you do when you express thanks about him or to him in public venues as you give attribution to God for his goodness in your life. Another way to express gratitude, though, is also to thank people. Now, how do you do that? Well, let me give you some simple suggestions. The first one is a verbal expression of thanks. Just looking someone in the eye and saying, thank you. Thank you for setting up this room for this meeting. Thank you for doing such a good job arranging my travel. Thank you for showing up on time for this rehearsal. I know you're all volunteers, and I appreciate the effort you're making to be here. Thank you. Listen, when you occupy a position of leadership responsibility and authority in the lives of other people, and you notice them, you may not think it means that much because you know you're just a normal person and you're just fulfilling God's call in your life and doing what he's assigned. I get that. You're not overblowing your own uh, importance or trying to elevate that. But your followers do respect the role you have, the position you occupy, the work you do. And so when you stop and turn to one of them and say, thank you, whether it's an employee or a volunteer, whether it's someone that you're working in a ministry context or someone who's working as a support person in your church, When you turn to them and say, thank you, it makes a huge difference. Simple verbal expressions are a good way to practice gratitude. Another way are written messages. These could include text messages and emails, but there is nothing quite like someone sitting down and writing out a note that says, thank you. Thank you. These are so meaningful. Just recently, I received a card from a student that said, Dear Dr. Orge, thank you. And in eight or ten sentences, in his handwritten style, he laid out why he was grateful for the contribution I had made in his life. When I finished, a text, when I finished reading a text message, I move on. When I finish reading an email, I usually delete it. But when I finished reading that handwritten card, I saved it. In fact, I put it in a file with some other similar correspondence. Why? Why? Because this person took time to write out his gratitude to me. And it not only touched me in the moment, but I want to hang on to that card for the encouragement it will bring even in the future. So verbal expressions and written expressions, uh, uh, another way of expressing gratitude are public acknowledgments or public expressions. This is where you thank someone for what they've done in public in front of others. Now, 
you don't have to be overly elaborate with this and certainly don't want to spill over into flattery or some kind of uh, offensive or embarrassing kind of accolades. But a heartfelt thank you for your work on this project. Thank you for making us successful by pulling this all together and making this happen. Thank you for your good work in this regard. Saying something like that in public is a perfectly appropriate way of adding to what you may have already communicated verbally or in writing, and now you're communicating publicly to say, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And then a final way to thank people is with meaningful and appropriate gifts. Now, immediately you're thinking, I don't have that kind of money. No, it doesn't have to be an extravagant thing. It can be a meaningful or simple thing. A small plaque, a certificate, some other kind of memento or keepsake, something that says, I want you to have this. I know that one of my prized possessions is a small glass bottle. (laughs) It has dirt in it. And I was given that by the pastor of our church when I chaired the facilities task force and built a campus for our church in Oregon. And I was given a little vial of dirt that said, this is a reminder of the day we turned the ground and built the campus. And I want you to have this as a reminder of our appreciation for you. A jar of dirt. And I still have it on my shelf in my office. That simple expression of gratitude has stayed with me these years because of the symbolic meaning attached to it. Well, today on the podcast, we're talking about expressing gratitude. We're doing that because it's Thanksgiving week, but we're also doing it because I've learned from my wife's example and now my practice of it over these past years, I've learned the power of gratitude in the lives of leaders. When you express thanks to God and others, it fosters humility, confronts entitlement, builds teamwork and loyalty, and produces contentment in our lives as leaders. You can do this by expressing thanks to God in prayer and to God in public. You can do this by thanking people verbally and in writing with public acknowledgments and occasionally meaningful gifts or commemorative items. When you do these things, you demonstrate the practice of gratitude as a spiritual discipline, and it makes real, tangible impact in your life and the lives of people you lead. This is one component of what it means to lead effectively today. Practice gratitude. And let that be a part of your Thanksgiving week and of your continued practices of leadership as you lead on. 